This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. and welcome to another week of Can You Be More Pacific? My name is Sarah Nangama and today I'm joined by a stand-in host, Sam Wikes. Sarah, thanks for having me. Good to be uh, with you again um, in a different role this time on radio, not on the That Pacific Sports Show. Yes, that's correct. And for all of our listeners, Sam joins me today because Dean is currently away in Amsterdam with some work commitments. But this episode is jam-packed. We have a look back at the weekend in sport. We have a chat with Wallaroo and also my teammate, Trillene Pomeroy. And we have a question for our favourite segment, You Can Ask That. But Sam, before we delve into all of that, let me know, how has your week been going? Oh, the week's been good, sir. It's been busy. I've taken on the role as uh, New South Wales Tongan Youth Rugby Team Coach for the under-17s, uh, which has been awesome. A lot of uh, young Tongans from around New South Wales have um, yeah, joined... Uh, joined our camp, uh, leading into a four-week sort of preparation for the new, uh, Pacific Youth Cup coming in November. So uh, it's been good doing that. And uh, I just got back from Tonga as well, filming with that Pacific Sports Show. So uh, I wish I was back there, but um, it's been a good week. I love the sound of that. I mean, you're the gift that keeps on giving, particularly <laughs> in rugby. And how good, though, <laughs> that you get to do it with um, some beloved Tongans. I'm sure that's really special for you. Yeah, it's been awesome. I'm not going to lie, I've, um, I've really... I really love getting amongst sort of like the youth and development um, age groups, uh, giving back the knowledge that I, I was so fortunate to receive coming through my career. So uh, we've got a pretty star-studded coaching staff. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we've got Sadeki Dupolotu, who played in, I think, four World Cups for Tonga. Um, Kempizi Ma'afu, who you know we had on the show for oh, that Pacific Sports it. show. What so, a lineup! Yeah, he had 50 caps um, and... Uh, a couple of first grade uh, players from West Harbour and Southern Districts in the Shoot Shield uh, local club footy team here. So, yeah, if we don't get the chocolates in this tournament, uh, we're all going to sack ourselves. So, um, <laughs> looking forward to it. We're under a bit of pressure. I love it. Turning our attention now to the top story for this week, Serena Williams has come to press, or I guess it's come to light that she says she's not quite retired, which is a little bit. Uh, different because I swear not too long ago we thought that her saying that she was evolving away from tennis meant a retirement but I guess a comeback is is on the scene for her I think with uh, it must be an American thing you know Tom Brady did the same thing Um, (laughs) they must get two days into retirement and just feel like this isn't for me so and they want to come back uh, but if someone can do it it's definitely Serena Williams what a champion she is yeah, she certainly had a formidable career throughout her time. Looking at her record here, she had 858 wins and only 156 losses. And I guess this all came to light because she said she woke up one morning, went out to her tennis court because she has one at her house, uh, hashtag flex, <laughs> and it dawned on her very quickly that she had no upcoming match. And so I guess that that hunger or that thirst to compete is still very much alive. So I wouldn't be shocked if she did come back. And I guess evolving away from tennis doesn't necessarily mean retirement, but... I mean, don't put it don't put it past these Americans. No, I'm not. I, I just think you know when you, as you said, you got a tennis tennis court in your backyard. Um, I have four in mine, um, and I can't believe like who's she playing in the backyard like to sort of get that itch? Did she just walk out there by herself, or you know, did she have a hit with her sister um, to get that itch back? But 
uh, yeah, I wish you all the best, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I think with Serena Williams, let's just watch this space because I think the sister's going to make a comeback. Turning a corner now to the Rugby Women's World Cup, where I currently am. We have moved from Whangarei, which we were um, at throughout last week, now into Auckland. And we're at the crunch time because the Wallaroos have booked their place into the quarterfinal. From Whangarei to the big smoke. So I guess it is from the outhouse to the penthouse again uh, in New Zealand's sort of finest uh, suburbs or, or regions over there. Uh, Sir, how have... How has the preparations been uh, leading into this quarterfinal so far? Yeah, preparation has definitely been tough. I mean, we've been five weeks on the trot now in terms of this campaign. So you would know from uh, your own experiences that, you know, the body does get tired and so does the mind being on tour. But for us to be now in the quarterfinals, have booked our place um, after winning against Wales last week, 13-7, we are so chuffed with ourselves, but we know that we have a huge task because now on Sunday in our quarterfinal, will be facing off with world rank number one, the Roses, a.k.a. England. You guys are massive underdogs. Has that been spoken about a lot during this week's preparation? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we know that coming into this game, people aren't expecting the Wallaroos to win, but we will relish that because the pressure is on them. It's not on us. So if we can, and we've shown throughout our past three games, is that we're in the fight and with our, uh, sorry, our last two wins, We've just grinded it out and been able to come away with the goodies. So if we show that kind of resilience, um, I'm sure that we'll be able to impress um, come Sunday. So preparations have been tough, um, but with the quarterfinal um, on the horizon, it's only fitting to to be, be to be pushed, I guess, this way. Oh, you have all of Australia behind all you girls over there, so we're looking forward to that game. Thank you so much. Looking at the other fixtures that happened on the weekend, New Zealand took on Scotland and put on an absolute show thrashing them at 57 to 0, which also sent Scotland away, which means New Zealand will also be in the quarterfinal this week and they will take on Wales. What I expect is that New Zealand will uh, do another number on them. And the last picture I want to talk about is the France versus Fiji. France, uh, they came away with the win 44 to 0. It's really disappointing to see Fiji not be able to put on any points on the board, um, I guess with a very up-down kind of pool experience. But that being said, they finished ninth in their maiden World Cup and there's so much for Fiji as a nation to be able to celebrate because as we've seen time and time again, particularly with the Fijiana women, they are doing something pretty special within the world of rugby. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where Fiji goes in the women's game because the Fijiana drew a team, watching them from the sidelines, just the way they move the ball, um, and the way they were scoring tries, obviously you played against them uh, in the grand final and in the, in the round matches, but it would be a tough sort of step up into the international stage. I'm not sure how much depth they do have in the women's games because it ends up being a really long season for those girls. But moving forward, I think it's an unreal finish for, for a big year for Fijian women's rugby. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. Turning our attention now to the netball, the Pacific Oz series has been taking place over the past few weeks and your maiden nation, Tonga, <laughs> wins yes. it all, defeating Samoa's Tiffy Moana 69-43. Oh, it's been very impressive. I swear, when I was over in Tonga, um, I actually didn't realise netball was that big over there. Uh, we had a couple of early starts and I just there's a, a, a car park in the main area of Tonga, um, a car park during the day, but early hours of the morning it becomes a netball court uh, and you just saw it was mixed netball and it's good to see that uh, yeah the Tala have have gone well uh, undefe- undefeated correct me if I'm wrong though but I'm sure they're undefeated and um, 
it's got something to celebrate. There's going to be more flags flying around everywhere, not only for the league and the union, but now we've got netball. Yeah, it's incredible. Last week, we caught up with their captain, Julita Verver, who took out the grand final MVP. So a huge, huge feat for the Tongan women who have absolutely dominated within this series. Staying on netball, the Constellation Cup has finally concluded with match three and four taking place. Australia took away match three, 62 to 47, and in match four, 57 to 53. So Australia wins by points differential. And I guess also it's a huge win for the Diamonds considering all the off-court sponsorship um, drama that's been taking place this week. Yeah, there is a bit going on there in that space, but it just keeps highlighting that rivalry between Australia and New Zealand in every sport. And I'm so glad that... uh, Australia has got over the the top of New Zealand in this space. And Sarah, I hope you guys can get a victory over New Zealand at some stage soon, Uh, even our Wallabies. So uh, to get that sort of bragging rights in the the home front. Hashtag too soon, my brother, too (laughs) soon. Let's turn attention now to the AFLW Brown Knight and we'll call in our uh, mainstay commentator and commenter on all things AFL, Rennell Moller. Oh, thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're part of this. You're part of this, Nelly. Uh, yeah, so um, unfortunately I don't have good news for you with the Carlton Blues as they went down to the Gold Coast Suns, six six forty two to two three fifteen. But I do have a silver lining and that Hit is Mula Loefi, our girl, got a goal. Yes! <laughs> Stop it! And here, here is how it went. Skipper, impressive 18-year-old, 50 metres out right, half forward, plays on, kicks to full forward, ball to ground out the back of the pack, chance for Lalawifi, gets it to a boot, Lalawifi has snapped a goal for the Blues. No mean feat for a defender. Uh, What a legend. Okay, how good is that? Is that her very first goal, was it? Yes. That's awesome. We're always talking about her defensive efforts, but great to see her attacking efforts noticed as well. Yes. So, I mean, the Suns are always going to be a tough one. They're sitting on night, so they're just outside the top eight. We're heading into finals. They're technically a chance to still make it, um, but their percentage is pretty poor. So, but So they're obviously mm. trying to get that percentage win. Um, so Well, they've got to move more up, up the front, get her out of defensive end and... Get a kick in more goals and they could sneak in there. Season 2023, let's put her on okay. the front. <laughs> put her on the map. Put her yep. on. Um, but some good news for the Lions. They've come away with a huge win over the Hawks. 1-1-7 to the Hawks. 9-7-61 to the Lions. Nine goals, seven behinds. That's wow. huge. And of those nine, Jesse Wardlaw kicked three and also got 15 disposals and two tackles. So not a bad effort for her. And she's now the leading goal kicker in the competition for the AFLW this season. She's three goals clear, sitting on 17, and there's only one round left. So let's hope maybe this week will be the week that she kicks a bag. Okay. And who's the favourites to take this out? I think Lions are the favourites. I was going to say Brisbane Lions. They've been quite quite a formidable side for the past few seasons. Yeah. They, okay. like, pretty much since the start of the competition, they've been really strong. Are they like the Penrith Panthers equivalent in AFLW? I don't think they have as much drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a subtle dig. <laughs> that is great. Uh, moving forward okay, then. Let's move let's forward move on, from that. Move yes, on. yes that's, a, that's the best segue ever. <laughs> 
As we know right now, the Rugby League World Cup has been taking place over in the UK and we have some huge results, particularly from our Pacific nations. On Saturday, Fiji took on Italy, beating them 60-4. to And my big brother, Kevin Angama, got a try. Oh, I'm glad one night Gama's great at the game and scoring tries compared to the other one. But no, I'm joking. Oh my God. I'm joking. <laughs> Just a subtle one there, Sid. Don't worry about that. Oh, that's uh, Mike Sivo and uh, Viliami Kikau. Absolutely on fire in that game. Kikau had everything with his flick passes and just dominating the, the right centre and right winger. They had nightmares after that game. Yeah, it was a huge result for the boys and particularly after coming after a heavy loss, it was just great to see some things come on social media about them singing some hymns in the change room, which always signifies a successful day on the park. Another result that took our attention was the Samoa v Greece match. Absolutely. 72-4 to against Greece. A massive turnaround from the week before against England after getting an absolute thumping. Uh, I know there was a lot of you know, talk around their head coach, Matt Parrish. Uh, he's been there for a long time. And, you know, what's been going on behind the scenes, so to speak, and, and there's been no change. And there's only one way to sort of turn around controversy and off-field noise, that's putting in a performance like that. So Samoa have got their World Cup back on track, and uh, they're looking to turn this around, and hopefully they can uh, still go deep into this competition um, after this game. Yeah, well said. We have big expectations on them. Another country that has not taken us by surprise because we were always expecting big things from them was the Kingdom of Tonga. They thrashed Wales <laughs> at 32 to 6. So it's, it's fair to say it's been a really successful week for, for Tongans in sports. Um, but something really cool that I want to make note about this match is Casey Badger made history because she became the first female referee to take charge of a men's rugby league World Cup fixture. Yeah, she did a really good job in the middle. Um, and just to highlight the fact that, yes, Tonga is on top of the world at the moment with plenty of victories, which is good to see all over it. Shout out to the, the Matema Tonga team, just uh, absolutely carving up. But uh, yeah, she did a really good job in the middle. They controlled it. Uh, she controlled it well. This is, it was a bit of a stop-start game as well. Uh, Wales actually uh, you know, scared Tonga a little bit in that game. They, um, they were a little bit rusty, so to speak, and they sort of you know, found their straps a little bit later on in the game. But um, Damalolo comes back next week after his suspension. So I think you, that leadership will be uh, needed going uh, deeper into this competition. Yeah, great point. He is a huge addition to the already strong squad. Last but certainly not least, PNG took on the Cook Islands where they came away with the goodies 32 to 16. Yeah, PNG captain Reese Martin, unlucky, nearly broke the world record, but to kick 41 conversions in a row from all around the park, that's very impressive. Um, not too many kickers could kick under that type of pressure, so... Unlucky, but that's still an incredible uh, achievement. Yeah, certainly for him. And I just think for the Cornwalls in general, we've always known that they're such a strong and physical side and they really showed their muscle through the Cook Islands. So I expect them, quite like uh, Tonga, to go quite deep into this competition. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for Talanoa Time, we are very spoiled to be joined by Wallaroos 155 and Western Force Captain Trillene Pomadet. Trillene, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, fam. No, pleasure is all ours. Before we get stuck into it, for all of our listeners, could you please tell us where you and your family are from? Um, so my name is Trillene Pomadet. I am a little country girl from up north. 
four hours from a little town called Ahipara. And if you travel a little bit down, I was brought up. Um, I was brought up in Auckland, but I'm from um, the Nori North, baby, in Utakura, in um, Ahipara, <laughs> so I'm Ngāpui. And um, yeah, I grew up in Auckland and then moved to Perth, Western Australia, and been there ever since. Shirley, I obviously have been very spot because you and I are teammates, but we know that you've established yourself, particularly in the world of rugby union. So could you just talk us through your journey and take us to the beginning of when you first picked up a ball? Um, yeah, I always grew up playing touch footy um, here in Auckland. Um, my family were pretty heavy in it, um, like Peter Walters days. He's like the godfather of New Zealand touch. Um, grew up playing around all those kind of sports. Joined um, rugby league with my brother in my under 10s and I played until I got kicked out and it goes to all boys and then I just kept playing touch hey. It wasn't until I got to Perth and um, WA so I started playing um, rugby um, when I was 17 and then um, picked up a ball, had a little crack, ran around and um, haven't stopped since. Truly, you said you're over there in Beautiful WA. Whereabouts um, do you live over there? Um, I'm in Bennett Springs, uh, north of the river. It's uh, a nice, fancier word for Beachborough. So, <laughs> Who, who's the club uh, team down there? I grew up playing for Wanneroo, and then I moved to um, I play for Kalamunda Bulls now. Oh, okay, so the uh, the Roo Dogs and the Kalamunda Red Bulls. Awesome. Yeah. Um, another question, just quickly. Before I get into you, is my poster still hanging up in the gym? It is, actually. Oh, it's, it's still hanging still there. there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All, the OGs. All the OGs are still up there. Oh, um, beautiful. That... And you and the new one's gone up, actually. Hojo's uh, back. Hojo's back. Okay, so I didn't know. back and... Um, um, involved with all the programs and stuff like that, he's up there too. Yeah, beauty. And, and do my record? Oh, do my records still hold up there for like um, the yo-yo test, the fastest and the strongest? Are they still up there? Oh, are those, are those real? <laughs> no, nah, definitely not real. <laughs> those sound, 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 sound <laughs> victories or nah, yeah, nah, all good. <laughs> Obviously, you've had a pretty. Um, you, you've played in two World Cups. Uh, just a champion of uh, you know the women's rugby game. How have you found the, the World Cup preparation from this one to 2017 when you first started? Uh, massively different. Um, I debuted at a World Cup, so um, I think we only had two potential debutants in our squad um, this World Cup, so that kind of speaks volumes of um, how much we've come. I think we've had seven games leading into um, this World Cup. Um, and the previous one, 2017, there was only four games. And that was a, like a Pacific Four Tour right before um, we head out, headed out. So um, we have Super W before that as well. Back then, there was only a national tournament. It was a 10-day tournament. We pretty much um, pay back-to-back games, and it's survival of the fittest. If you can play the full tournament, you'll probably get paid. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your body will be beat after it. So now you get a six-week comp. You get to play Super W, get to show it a little bit um, consistency, get more minutes in a game. I think back then it was only like 60-minute games. Oh, true. Or, yeah, like it wasn't that much because you were it was so condensed. You were playing so many games, they had to modify the time. Um, so our prep leading into this has been massively different. Heaps of time 
like touring time with the girls, getting to know each other. And then um, heat the test match too today, which we love, eh, Susie? <laughs> Oh, aren't they the best? Really, hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, heaps, heaps more time this World Cup with each other. It, yeah, it's crazy. Truly, you've spoken about, I guess, how much time you've spent within the rugby fold, and you know we're currently on tour now. We're now heading into week five of our uh, tour campaign. I guess I want to ask you, like, what is the best thing about being on tour, and what's the hardest thing about being on tour? Oh, the best thing being on tour. Be safe. I guess Be like, honest, you see. Safe space. <laughs> best thing being on <laughs> safe space. Biggest lie ever heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> best thing is um, being on tour is uh, being together for so long and being able to find combinations um, within the squad, within the team. Um, you can't beat game time. Like, I think that's, you get to only focus on footy while you're here, um, which is pretty different when you go home and you're trying to balance your work life, your personal life, your family life, all of that. So being here, you get to just focus on footy. And um, I think the worst thing being on tour, being stuck with everyone for the squad of 40 every day, day in, day out, for six days a week. Love you all, but a hair come. Sometimes you lock yourself <laughs> in your room and then you roll over and your room is there. I know what you mean. You, re- you really get to know uh, you really get to know people on tour, don't you, when you spend six weeks together living with it in a small shoebox of a room in a hotel. It's uh, Oh yeah, in a single fine. bed. In a sing- let singles. Me, let me drop that oh. single bed. Oh. oh you don't get the you guys don't... PTSD. <laughs> Oh, oh, we were two weeks on a single bed in oh. a shoebox. Wow. Ugh. Tough um, times. Things Tough. get interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. But just on the footy front, uh, big game this week against England, ranked number one. What's been the the theme, if you guys can give that away, what's been the theme leading into this week being the number uh, being underdogs? Uh, we've been driving with belief. I think we've got to believe we can do it. We've got to... Like, if not when, then... If not who, then when? Yep. What is it? Sissy, what's it? No, <laughs> no darling. It's, it's if, not, if not me, then who? <laughs> if not now, then when? Then when? Quote. Hang on. We'll cut this up. Sissy, what is it? It's if not me, then who? If not now, then when? So we have this thing called if not me, then who? If not now, then when? Oh, the- <laughs> oh. Say it with belief, Trilly. <laughs> the theme. You're all like, you've really bought into the theme for this coming, week from Jay. It's really coming, coming in hot. And I, my, my you could just say, if not me, then who? Yeah, it's got a bit of a tongue twist in that one. Nah, that's anyway, all good. This isn't going to get edited. Selfie. Yeah, uh, perfect. <laughs> so nah, just- we, like, we believe that we can do it. Um, there's no pressure on us to perform. They're the ones that gone like 26 games straight or whatever it is. Um, they're a class squad. We all know that. I think the world knows that. But we're out here battling. Um, we've got nothing to lose. We're, we've made it to a quarterfinal. And um, we're just pushing every day. It's going to be a fight of every minute. Um, game of ventures out there. So um, we're trying to be driving the message of taking our opportunities. We're not going to get many. And um, we really need to execute. 
where do you guys need to be better? I guess from the previous games, it's been a little bit inconsistent, but at the same time, when you've played footy, you've really lit up the, the grounds. Like, where do you guys need to really improve to make sure that you're in this fight for that whole 80? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think all around the park, I think our set piece, our forward set a good platform. Our first phase carry has always been positive off set piece, um, especially off our scrums. So we know what pitches we can present if we play the right options. I think we just need to, need to play footy. We need to play eyes up footy. I think we get a little bit scared um, and try not make mistakes, but we're at a quarterfinal. We're at a World Cup. Um, Got to be able to express yourself and take our opportunity. Um, we know the set piece is going to be deadly. So um, playing playing in the right um, parts of the field for us, um, we don't want to be cap, camped down. I think our discipline is our main thing that's let us down um, consistently through every game. Um, we are here trying to play sevens with 13 people on the field, and that ain't <laughs> going to win test matches. So we know if we discipline, limit the opportunity, oh, they're going to look to execute. Um so, yeah, I think our discipline will be a big one. I love it. Playing without that fear, I love it. Truly, I guess before we let you leave, there are so many young listeners that tune into this show. A professional rugby player who is currently at a World Cup, could you give any advice for any young and up-and-coming athletes? Um, young girls, um, have, have fun and enjoy your footy. Um I think when you get to these levels, it can be very um, structured and people want you to play shapes and want you to do all these things. But I think if you have that mentality of expressing yourself, I think as specific people, we're pretty naturally gifted in the way we see the game. Um, whether we bring physicality, whether whatever you bring, a little bit of flair, like we always got that type of vibe. So um, try not to lose that in these um, environments. Like, always try to express yourself, however that may be. And, yeah, just light up. Whatever country or nation you play for, like, it can take you around the world. You can travel and meet so many great people. And um, it opens up so many opportunities just by playing footy, and it teaches you so much about life and yourself. So just back your abilities and never let one man's opinion um, sway you from your belief on what you know you are. Um, selections come and go, but if you stay true to who you are and what you are about, um, just ripping and have fun, like it'll take you places. Truly, that's actually such timely advice. And even as your teammate, I've taken a nugget or two from that because we know that selections are still bound to come this week. But uh, spoken like a true legend. Before we let our guests go, we love to run a little segment called Tip On. It's basically 60 seconds of rapid fire questions. Are you down to play? Oh, let's go. <laughs> I love the truth. <laughs> All right, the time is on. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to lately? Oh, reading. The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It's a good book. Who was who your most annoying teammate? Oh, Diana. Yappy, yappy. Adiana, Adiana Talakai. Who is your sporting hero? Oh, hero, Stacey Jones. What would be your wrestler entrance song? Oh. Oh, probably Lauren Hill. Get a vibe. <laughs> what was your favourite movie as a kid? Cool Runnings. Who in your team is always on their phone? Piper Duck. Which teammate has the worst fashion sense? 
Briefcase ammo. <laughs> Conditioning or weights? Oh, weights every day of the week. What was your first concert? Oh, sorry, your first concert? Kanye. Kanye West was your first concert? Yeah. That's, like, too cool. That's way too cool for a first concert. (laughs) Chalene, it's been an absolute treat for us to have you on Can You Be More Pacific? I would definitely see you in the morning, but I guess for for both of us, good luck this weekend with selections, my girl. (laughs) Thanks for having me, fam. That was Trilene Pumare, Australian Wallaroos back. We wish her all the best against England in this week's World Cup quarterfinals. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? Now, this is the part of the show that I do love so much. It's You Can Ask That. And for any new listeners, this is basically an opportunity for you to ask us anything as either a current or former athlete. And this week, Sammy, our question comes from Samisi from Vava'u. And he asks us, would you rather a team win the premiership the year after you leave or win it the year before you go there? Ooh. Samisi. It's a goodie. Oh, that it's is a, a good one. It's a goodie. Uh, firstly, shout out to Samisi from Vava'u in the kingdom of uh, Tonga. Such a beautiful island just off the mainland. Um, but it's a great question. I think I would have, it, I would have them. Oh, geez, I don't know. Here we go. I think I'd have them win it before I get there. Oh, win it before you get there. Yeah, I, I would hate to say if you say if you had a club for like ten years, mm. and you've you know haven't done well there in your time, or you know you've made the grand finals and you've lost, and then that time you retire, they get the chocolates after you leave. I like I just feel like I was the common denominator um, mm. on why why we didn't win, and if if they won it before I got there, then that's all right. I didn't have anything to do with that, that season. The, the, that's it. I think, yeah, I'd rather have that one. What about yourself? I mean, that's a very interesting um, <laughs> point of view. <laughs> I think for myself, I would also want them, I would want the team that I'm going to to win it before I got there just because for myself, like, personally, I've played in clubs that have been genuinely quite successful and for me, I'm quite a competitive person and, like, who doesn't love to win, right? So for me, I would rather commit to a club where I know there is a winning culture and be able to go there and contribute as opposed to go somewhere that had won it the year prior. I don't know. I, actually, sorry. Spoken really like a true student, Sydney Uni student. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we win everything. <laughs> I mean... We actually, Derek, we were about 52 games on the trot up until this year. Really? 52, ga- 52 games on the trot. So for us to lose, and that first game that we lost was our grand final. Oh, um, sorry, that was our, for yeah. Sydney Uni or for the Tars? Yeah, this year I've, co- I've copped a couple L's in Super W and uh, also at Sydney Uni. So, yeah, I think it, to answer the question in short, like I'd want to go somewhere where they've won it before because I'd want to know there's an existing winning culture. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
I do want to say Kane Evans, he's played for the Sydney Roosters, also a Fiji Bati uh, player. He's currently out at the moment, not at Rugby League World Cup because of an injury. He was playing for the Roosters. I think he was there for at least four years. He left. And when he left, the Roosters won a grand final. <laughs> and I thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. Because I was like, it's almost like once they got rid of you, they were able to secure the dub. Yeah, that's so. Oh, um, it's oh. tough. That's tough, man. I've got a different perspective on this. When I was playing, uh, there was a, like a few years there where when I left the club, a year and a half later, that club folded. So I oh. think I, yeah, um, and got, all got kicked out of the competition. Uh, so the Western, it happened at the Western Force. When I, then I went to Japan. Western Force got kicked out but came back in. Then there was a team called Coca-Cola that I played for in Japan. A year and a half later, they got relegated from Div 1. And then they decided they're not going to have a team anymore. And then the Sunwolves in Japan, when I left a year and a half later, they got kicked out. So um, It's almost like where you go is where they fold. Where they fold. So like I feel like I can see it coming. I know how to get off the ship early. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good skill, Sam. I don't think uh, that's a good skill to have. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, shout out to all the teams, especially Western Force. Much love to them. It also makes me wonder if this show is going to get cancelled now that we've had you on it a couple of times. Does, is, are you telling me what my fate is? Do, I can we, do we need to be worried? Uh, well, I just need to let, um, let everyone know, don't get rid of me then because when I left those clubs, it, it wasn't my choice. So just keep me on. I keep morale high. Keep him on. Yeah. You, you know me. You know what I'm like at work, Sarah. You know what I'm like. I, I bring morale, don't I? You bring no contribution but just a lot of yappa yappa. <laughs> But to all of our um, listeners, if you've got a question, please feel free to send it through on Instagram. You can find me at Sarah Nangama or my usual co-host at Dean Hallitow. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. Woo! You're with Sarah and Sam talking all things sport across the Pacific. Don't go anywhere, we've still got our favourite socials and tackle the top headlines in the rock. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Keeping it social, well, we love this because we love social media. Sam, we all spend time on our phones scrolling and scrolling, but I know you found something this week that uh, made you smile. I wouldn't say smile, um, like in <laughs> a way, <laughs> but something did catch my eye. Um, I love listening to, you know, people who are really good at singing, um, like a voice of an angel. And this is uh, the opposite of all that, uh, in my uh, humble opinion. But yeah, let's just have a listen and see if you can guess who it may be. It's all about confidence, baby. Ocean Alley. Yes. Oh, good song. That's me. Oh, that, that is you. Oh, the, the, the husky voice was in there. Uh, nah, you actually sounded pretty good. I'm not here to throw stones at glass houses because I cannot sing, but that's what caught my eye this week. Look, that was actually an off-cut to a press conference I was doing in the lead-up to a test match. But, um, look, all I'm saying is... I can sing. Well, I used to be able to sing really well when I like. <laughs> That'll do me. I'm not turning my chair around for you. There's no way. <laughs> 
What I'm saying is, when I was a kid, I actually went to like a, a talent school called Bright Stars. But once I hit puberty, like my voice broke, and I'm I'm just not the same singer anymore. But I'm just saying, like, I I can swing a tune together. <laughs> that school no longer exists anymore, and uh, it was really easy to get into if you lived in the area. That's how she got in there. Yeah, cool. Thanks so much, Sam. Turn- <laughs> Sorry, what did you? What caught your eye this week, Sarah? Yes, what caught my eye this week um, also comes from the Wallaroos Instagram. Eva Kapani, I've mentioned her a few times uh, throughout this season, but she is an absolute piss. She's a tight hot. <laughs> she's a tight head prop that wears yellow Crocs. Um, starts fights that she can never finish, but this week she got us real good, <laughs> running a bit of scare cam, and uh, you can hear the reactions here firsthand. Wallaroos scare cam. Get on the back! So there, you heard it there first. She was, so for a bit of context, uh, on a bus, she's hiding underneath the seats as people walk past. She's jumping out and, uh, yeah, a couple, couple, you know, F-bombs here and there, but uh, she certainly knows how to keep this group <laughs> laughing. So, Sam, all of our listeners know that Dean Halatow, he doesn't really use his Instagram and I'm, you know, young gun on the social scene, got a bit of a social game. Just want to plug myself. I hit 12.4K followers on Instagram this morning. Uh, you know what, Sarah, you're such a... Uh, I don't even know what to say, except except Hitler had millions of followers and Jesus had 12. Um, so I feel like it's not, it's not the number that matters. It's the quality of humans or followers or robots you might have following. So... Um, well, well done. Well, well done to you. <laughs> I must live in a different era because I could not give bloody uh, two rats about that. <laughs> well, all I want to say is if Hitler had millions, Jesus had 12, I have 12.4, so I sit right in between the both you of them. between them. Okay. Now, well done. What, what are you going to do with that 12.4? What type of content can we see besides your lovely voice? Uh, you know, me just living my best life. You, you know what? Actually, just follow me and you'll see for yourself. Oh, that's unreal. Oi, can you follow me back? No, nah, you have okay. crap content. <laughs> <laughs> in the rut. Tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? This week in the rut, we have a couple of tough headlines that we want to tackle beginning in the world of football. Oceania Football Federation has started an investigation into Nicola Demain's dismissal as the coach for PNG's national women's team based on allegations that PNG FA's president, John Capinato, breached OFC's code of conduct. Pius Latanga, the general secretary and chief executive of the PNG FA, spoke to ABC's Richard Elwatt to shed a little bit of light on this topic. Are you able to confirm for me that the root of the problem that led to Nicola Domain's dismissal was, shall we say, a personality clash between her and John Capinato's wife, who, of course, is very much involved with Hikari United. She was involved in the management of the national team. And that would seem to me to have put John Capinato in an untenable position because of the connection that he had with the person who was making the complaints. Do I have that right? Well, in terms of conflict of interest, you could see it that way. You could see it that way. But if you look at the connection between... uh, We appointed president of National Capital District to be the head of delegation, to be the general manager of the team. So she has every right in terms of uh, managing the team. But 
if there is something personal, it belongs to both of them to sort out. But if it's something that is uh, directly relating to the performance of the girls, there are some concerns that I don't want to discuss openly unless I am asked to provide a statement. I am happy to do that. If I bring those statements out, I don't want to jeopardize our winning coach's uh, career. She has done pretty well in terms of preparing our girls and we respect that and we are happy that she brought in the results. But there are a few things that we believe could have been done better after so many consultations didn't happen. And I think it's in the best interest of both parties to part this relationship. Otherwise, it wouldn't look good in both cases as a coach wanting to progress in her professional career in a coaching space. And we as a MA having all the rights to our national team. It is really not good to come out and start pointing fingers, pointing fingers and, and fighting each other. We need to compromise, come up with an understanding and move on. Football needs to move on in this country, yes. I guess, Sam, it's fair to say he doesn't really say why Nikola was dismissed or doesn't give much more of a picture into the situation than what we know. It's all quite vague. But we want to highlight that Nikola was able to lead this team to quite a successful year. They won the Pacific Nation Cup. Next year is the World Cup. They haven't yet qualified, which means right now the PNG women's team are operating without a coach doing individual sessions. I don't necessarily think they're being set up for a win here. Oh, it's... Why would you want to be a coach? Like it's um, it's one of the hardest jobs going around. That's for sure. But it, in terms of the way coaches get sacked, it's usually because you're you're losing a lot of football games or, or sporting games, so to speak. And yeah, she's been quite successful with this PNG women's side. And as you said, they're, they're quite vague on why. Um, and again, it's the the players who are left with you know being the collateral damage there because now, as you said, they're, they're trying to prepare for a World Cup. And they're doing individual sessions, and they're not even going to be there as a team. Like there's already, yeah, there's already, um, you know, resource issues, you know, in the Pacific with preparing for World Cups, and to not have, you know, a pretty su- successful coach there at the helm, it, it does, you know, paint the picture like what's happening uh, with PNG's women's soccer at the moment. Yeah, it's quite concerning, and you know, I do want to speak to the experience of changing coaches the year prior to a World Cup. We certainly have experienced that here in the Wallaroos. And, you know, I sat under the same coaches from 2019 right through to 2021. And you spent so much time implementing their vision of the game, their structures, wrapping your head around them. You know this firsthand being a footballer. Like, it changes year on year, but you build on the year prior. So it's a little bit concerning to me that they still haven't yet appointed a coach, even though they say they're going to do it early November, because to adapt to a whole new game plan, is definitely really hard to do. You're not wrong there. Like building that consistency, if you if there's always constant change, uh, it, it is quite tough. And you know, if the new coach does come in, I know that um, say Wayne Bennett, for for instance, in the rugby league world, when he goes to a new team, he actually doesn't change too much of what they're doing. He just creates little tweaks because he knows full well that if you try and reinvent the wheel straight away and create mass changes, they're probably not going to have the time to be able to prepare well. So he would just go in there and just sort of yeah pick out a few certain things but really try and boost the morale and just make sure that one you build trust and you build connection and once they have those things there because the ta- the players are talented it's just making sure that they've they're just buying in and connecting with each other and to to you as a person yeah, well said, Sammy. Something else that's been grabbing our attention is the Manu Samoa coach has been slamming all blacks because they have selected a Moana Pacifica midfielder, Levi Almoa. Uh, again, the 
yeah, the big brother, so to speak, uh, just taking reins there, the All Blacks. But, you know, from my understanding, uh, the way that Moana Pacifica and the Fijian Drua work, to be able to play for those two teams, uh, you have to put your hand up for your, uh, your country of birth or the Tier 2 nation that you're going to represent, either Samoa, Fiji or Tonga. Um, so it is a bit of a... Uh, yeah, it is a bit of an inter- interesting sort of selection, selecting Levi Amua in this league. He's a great player. He was unreal for the Moana Pacifica this year, and they'll need him again in the next year. But I'm sure the All Blacks don't have a shortage of, of midfielders in there where they can choose you know, so many different players. And I, I, I see um, Mapasua's anger towards this selection because he is such a pivotal part for Samoa, especially leading to a World Cup next year where they don't get as many warm-up matches or get time to build as many combinations as what the All Blacks do. Yeah, I think it's pretty difficult for one to play to be able to select what country they can play for, particularly if there are a couple that are knocking on his door. And from what I understand, Levi's eligible for Samoa, he's eligible for Fiji, and he's also eligible for the All Blacks. And, you know, essentially what he's done here is he said no to represent either Samoa or Fiji. He's put his hand up for the All Blacks, but it's not really solidifying his place in the top squad. It's almost equivalent to their feeder squad. So I guess the question in balance here is, is it worth it? Well, I guess, you know, so that feeder team or the All Blacks 15, whatever they're called, so that, that's not going to count as a cap. So he's still eligible for all three uh, leading into the World Cup because it's not a capped game. So from a playing point of view, I guess he's, he's trying to keep all of his options open. Um, if he plays for the All Blacks and gets an opportunity to get that cap, well, then his worth goes up overseas or in any other Super Rugby franchise. So it, it's probably a smart move from his point of view. And I think it's probably unfair to sort of criticise Levi for, you know, holding off and making that decision. Um, but I feel like it needs to be taken out of the players' hands in this sort of case. The minor Pacifica and the Drew are there for a reason to be able to build, you know, a, a momentum in the Pacific and make sure that there's pathways leading into Super Rugby. So if you do put your hand up for those teams, then... They, sh- they should, by all rights, be able to have uh, those teams to be able to then go into uh, their international stage, which is, with, which is the Island Nations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something to add to it is that the choice is of the athletes and regardless of what it is, it should be respected. There was a counterpoint that was shared on social media and I think this paragraph kind of sums it up, saying that the truth is the lure of the all-black jersey and everything that comes with it is still as captivating as ever. And I think that's something that will um, particularly resonate with Levi as every rugby fan knows all blacks and all class franchise and to represent them under any banner is always a privilege. So... um, a little bit, I guess, misdirected by Selala in the way that he's judged his selection. Um, but again, all the best to Levi, and it's be really interesting to see where his international test career goes. I agree, and I think, sorry, just to highlight your point from earlier about wanting to join successful teams and having all the foundations in place, I guess that's a perfect example of you know, wanting to join you know, success straight away. Yes, and if you want to kind of read a little bit more about that counterpoint that I alluded to a bit earlier, head to the Pacific Juice Instagram. Now, staying with rugby, there's been a bit of a blunder. As we know, the Black <laughs> Ferns are currently competing in the Rugby World Cup, and the All Blacks are also on tour in Tokyo right now, ready to take on Japan. But where they've got it wrong, and sometimes it's just in the little things I'm telling you, Sammy, 
They have timed the games to happen at the same time. So how the hell are fans meant to get behind one team when the other is competing at the very same time? Uh, I think blunder is probably a nice way to put it, uh, Sarah. I think it's it's definitely a massive stuff up um, on, I guess, whoever's organising and, and doing these match fixtures. It's not like the World Cup was just, uh, you know, put together in one day. And so, sorry, we there was no other uh, option or the Tokyo clash. Uh, it's very unfortunate, you know, that there's a big stage over there where, you, you know, you're in the World Cup. There's a lot of hype around there. That first game that you, you played in against the, the Black Ferns, sellout crowd. Like, we, we're talking about women's sport having a strong platform, but yet we put, you know, I guess the All Blacks on the same, the same time slot. It's just, yeah, they've definitely really dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, and I guess to add to the point that you made, it's not like they just came up with this. Our World Cup was delayed, or I should say postponed, by a whole year. So I guess the controversy in this or the part where it could have been better is it's, it was completely avoidable. But uh, here we are. So I'm really proud to see Sarah, Sarah Hidney, who plays in the number seven jersey, and also Kendra Coxedge, who plays in the number nine jersey, say, just tune in and watch the Black Ferns. You can always catch the All Blacks on the replay. <laughs> so I think that is my word to fans also this week. That's unreal. Last and surely not least, as we know, Rugby New Zealand and Rugby Australia have been talking a little bit about the future of Super Rugby and whether or not Australian teams will continue to compete with New Zealand teams um, in the competition. But as of this week, it looks like they're coming closer to a resolution. Uh, it was always going to happen. I think there was just Rugby Union trying to create some headlines here in Australia to make it, make sure it stays relevant. We needed that. You know, league and AFL dominate. But I think it, to be able to go to both countries go alone at Super Rugby, especially off the back of having the Fijian draw and Moana Pacifica join to add a, a Pacific flavour to that competition, it's simplified now. Like there's no sort of real time zone changes in terms of mass ones where, you know, before when it was played in South Africa, you'd have to stay up two, three in the morning or in Argentina to watch a game. It's simplified. It was actually really good rugby. Um, and I'm glad that they're going to, you know, bury the hatchets and, and come together because rugby in the Southern Hemisphere really needs more alignment and people working together collectively because. If, if teams start going, you know, silos or going it alone, rugby could, there could be a good chance that rugby doesn't survive in um, after this 10-year period. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it was very far-fetched for Rugby Australia to be able to say that it can operate without the inclusion of New Zealand teams. We know particularly once the competition crosses over, it does become a little bit more exciting to be able to see how our Aussie counterparts go up against New Zealand. So the fact that we're coming close to resolution and it's looking a little bit more secure is very promising for rugby fans in both NZ and Australia. Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. Well, Sam, that's all we have time for. So if you missed the show or you just want to listen to the magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2 p.m. BG time, or you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, if you want more sport or more of me, you can check out That Pacific Sports Show on Wednesday night or catch up on ABC Australia Ivy. Dodoxio. More Pacific, an ABC Sport production for ABC Radio Australia.
This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.